Welcome to Engineering Works, powered by the ACEC of Illinois. We'll be featuring the innovators, creators, designers, and engineers who are making engineering work in Illinois and reshaping our state. I'm Haley Burns, co-founder of public affairs and public relations firm River Strategies and co-founder of Lincoln Forum, a Chicago-based public affairs event series. Today, I'm talking to P.J. Fitzpatrick, very recent past board chair of ACEC Illinois and part of the ACEC Illinois committees for almost 25 years. He's also senior manager with a focus on senior management and product delivery at HR Green. PJ, thank you for taking the time today. Haley, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I want to start by asking you to share some of the highlights out of the national conference and, and recent session. You're kind of just back from D.C. We are. We have the ACC National Conference, typically in the spring, is out in Washington, D.C., and Several things go on out at that conference, one of which, one of the primary focuses, it gives all the state organizations a chance to visit their congressional delegation on the Hill. You know, we did do that. We've also, as an organization, you know, most of our advisors tell us that you can send lobbyists in to talk to the political and elected officials, but sometimes there's way more meaning behind it when you have a group of people that represent the issues that we're trying to solve or a conflict. So we were out in February and then we were out again in DC just a few weeks ago. Had a great visit out there. In February, we saw probably a good 70% of our congressional delegation. And we tried to pick up uh, meetings with some of the other folks during this visit that we didn't meet with. Nikki Bozinski, uh, Jonathan Jackson, Chewy Garcia were some of the folks we met with. Mike Boss is somebody that's always gracious with his time. And we were able to meet with him again as well. Uh, Though he's not from Illinois, Sam Graves, but our neighboring state, Missouri congressman, is the chairman of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. So we were able to have a session with his staff as well. So it was a really good opportunity for us to to have some conversations with them. We also met with Raja as well. So we met with all those folks and staff with those folks, as well as the governor's staff out in D.C. So a pretty action-packed visit out there. Some of the major items that we, we talked about, some of the things we talked about in February were some reforms for environmental permitting, that there have been new new laws or procedures put in place. So obviously, we thank our congressional delegation for their support on that. That allows projects to move a little quicker, especially with the amount of money that we have out there with the Infrastructure and Investment and Jobs Act. Um, that just allows for the projects to move through the the life cycle a little quicker. Some of the other things we talked about, advocating for additional funding for the I-290 Blue Line reconstruction and relocation. The research and development tax credit has been an issue for a lot of our member firms. We've been looking to try to get some modifications to a bill that was passed several years ago. They made some adjustments to it in 2017 and kicked a can down the road a little bit. And now we sit here and 2023 and folks were having some challenges uh, with with how the R&D tax credit was applied in their 2023 return. So spent a lot of time talking to the folks about that. And, and the success with that is here, just here in the last week or two, we've had a couple of our congressional delegation members actually sign on as co-sponsors for a bill to correct that, to make it more favorable to the members of our industry 
in terms of some tax reform. And obviously the thing that's affecting our industry pretty much nationwide uh, is workforce challenges. We, we know from the fact that ACEC National Research Institute did a study that shows that with the impact of IIJA and other funding sources in other states that we, we have a shortfall of about 82,000 engineers to deliver the program. So having conversations with all of the congressional delegation out there about we are obviously trying the grassroots approach, trying to reach down into some of the younger folks and get them interested in the industry. But some of the ways through some sort of immigration reform, there are probably some ways that we can keep some of the very talented uh, folks that come in to go to school here and not have them leave our borders and go back and lose all that skill set that we've helped train here. So talking to them about some possible immigration reform was another topic that we had extensive conversation. Yeah, we spoke to Kevin a couple of weeks ago, and it sounds like that that effort in particular was pushed along. So we're, I'm happy to hear that update. I understand there were also some awards. The EEA, the National EEA Awards in Illinois brought some in. We did. Illinois was well represented out there. Actually, the Secretary of Transportation, Omar Osman, and the Tollway, Illinois Tollway Authority Executive Director, Cassandra Rouse, actually joined us out there. Um, in all honesty, engineers are not really very good at celebrating their successes. So this gives an opportunity to take a step back and look at some of the great things that were, were accomplished. Um, we have our own state EEA uh, celebration that was held in February, and some of the projects that score well go on for national consideration. And we had eight projects. Uh, that were recognized at the at the national level. We had our firms who collaborated with IDOT on a couple projects were recognized. One of those projects, the I-74 over the Mississippi River, was a project that was up for the top award for the nation. The Tollway Authority had three projects that were recognized out there. So Cassandra was out there to help sell those projects. Chicago had a couple projects. And then we actually had one of our firms with worked with a private client downstate that was recognized. So all in all, Illinois had a very good representation in terms of awards and just, just people. We had of our members probably had 40 to 50 members out at the event. So it was a great night. It's always fun to sit back and celebrate. And we all compete at some point in time, but, but we're all proud of our partners who do well and get recognized for some of their accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Well, PJ, when you're out there, of course, you're spending time with industry leaders across the country. Which states stood out and were we one of them? It's kind of a building crescendo. We were out there in D.C. in February. A couple of our board members, myself included, were out at a couple of different leadership conferences where we get to talk to other states and maybe scratch the surface of some of the the good thing is going on in Illinois, and the, it, it kind of builds, and people start to hear about this. So there were some people very interested, uh, maybe not so much in some of our federal advocacy, but some of the things we've done in the state of Illinois. Not only do we go out to D.C. and visit, but we have uh, a lobby day, and we have a press conference down in the state capitol where we lay out our, our legislative agenda for the year there as well. Some of the successes we've seen in Illinois that really drew some attention nationally with some of the other firms 
we were able to, Kevin Ardle, our president and CEO, he was able to testify in a Senate committee and for a bill that ended up going through the Senate, the House and getting signed that took a small piece, I'll say QBS is qualifications based selection, which is how we all prefer to be uh, selected based on qualifications as opposed to commoditizing our industry and being a low price industry. So there was one small piece of the Illinois Department of Transportation to, to procurement process that uh, was still cost-based. And we were able to uh, put some legislation in place that pulled that piece of the procurement back into a qualifications-based forum, which I know a lot of other states are, are glad to hear that because if we can do that nationally, if each state can do that and pull as much of our selection process and procurement into a qualifications base as opposed to low bid, that just helps us all. The other piece was working with our industry partner, IDOT, from the standpoint that with as much work as we have going on in Illinois right now, I talked about the Infrastructure and Investment Act at the federal level. The state level is in its well, third or fourth year now of Rebuild Illinois, which is a, a capital plan that went into place that really infused a lot of money and a lot of work into our industry. The workforce challenges that I referenced earlier that we were talking at the federal level about are affecting people not only in our firms and our industry, but our public partners are experiencing the same thing with people retiring and a difficult time hiring folks. Sometimes the DOT has some difficulty competing with the private sector industry in terms of the expediency of, of making that happen. Sometimes the salaries are not apples to apples, you know, a little the comparison. There's not a big delta there, but there is a little bit of a discrepancy. So one of the things we, we feel like to have a strong program here in the state, we need to have a strong DOT and, we, and helping them in their recruiting efforts put into place that ended up getting, it was part of the budget approval, was a pilot program for IDOT engineers to get student, student loan relief of $15,000 a year for up to four years as long as they stayed with IDOT. So that is a great kind of equalizer, if you will, for the, the DOT to be able to hire some folks. And we were the advocate for that and talk to all the state legislators, the leadership it is a pilot program up to 50 a year. I think $750,000 was carved out in the budget, but it's a way now for IDOT to be competitive, not only against us in our state, but it puts Illinois in a great position as a leader. We are a leader in the transportation. Every, everything comes through Illinois and having a very strong state organization to be able to lead that we felt was necessary and we wanted to help out and be a true partner with mm -hmm. them to help them with their recruiting. Mm. On that note, PJ, you have been, as I mentioned earlier, part of ACEC Illinois for uh, almost 25 years and mm. if not more, what is it, PJ? Am I correct in 25 years about? I've been involved in some different seminars and stuff, but I really started probably in the late nineties when Illinois first capital bill came in is what was my first committee assignment. So I guess doing the math, yeah, late 90s to now, that's that's a good solid 20, 20 to 25 years. Yeah. It's a shocker if it's the first time you did the math. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Just don't think about that sometimes. Just keep pushing forward. 
Well, I, I want to ask, you know, and of course, most recently board chair, if we mm-hmm. zoom out, can you talk just for a few moments about some of the achievements you've seen over all those years and what those broader impacts have been that maybe you're the most proud of? Oh, wow. That's a great question, Haley. I would have to say it, it was interesting. One of my first committee assignments was when it would have been the first capital program in Illinois of my career. Uh, it was called Illinois First. And it was my first real look into the partnership of industry and the private sector and the partnership of coming together when you've got a big task ahead of you to try to accomplish that. So that was my first look into that and how we could work together to collaborate and get things done. Over the years, so now it's late 90s, we've had a couple of capital programs in between then, but in addition to some of our infrastructure eroding for the, the lack of funding for a period of years, uh, I'm not going to say we had our relationship soured, but our, our relationship with our industry partners sort of eroded as well. So seeing what Illinois First did here recently, I think in terms of the biggest impact, most proud of working with the legislators again to have the Rebuild Illinois program come into play, because what it did is it forced us all to the table and look at the, the big accomplishments, the big things that were ahead of us that we had to solve. And it seems like once that happens, it puts us into the room together to talk about solving that problem. And I think as a result, and our advocacy with the elected officials to get the program approved, and then working directly with our industry partners, such as IDOT, to find ways to advance the stuff, similar to working with IDOT to try to help them with their recruiting, I think really started to to bring us together as, as true partners. And, and it, it, gave, it gave us as ACEC, the, the engineering community, a seat at the table of, of having the discussions, sort of a trusted advisor. So now instead of being sort of a client industry relationship, I feel like the partnership has really developed to to where you ask the question, help us help you. And we are, I'd say, in terms of the trusted advisors and thought leaders that we we, we aspire to be. And, and I feel like that relationship is probably the strongest with our industry partners, such as IDOT and the Tollway mm-hmm. and other gov- government agencies, probably right now than it, than it has been in my my tenure working, well, in my career and in my, and kind of my experience with ACEC. And what about the next five years, PJ? What's exciting you? What are we looking forward to? I always like to look at things like, in what way can we solve some of these workforce challenges? And what way can we deliver some of these monumental projects, whether it's in Illinois or nationally? And I think over the next five years, we'll see some exponential changes in whether it be how we deliver our projects. We as engineers are are just inherently, we're we're problem solvers. And if we see a challenge, we're going to try to figure out how to go either over it, around it, through it somehow, but we are going to deliver a program. And I, I feel like it's an exciting time. The challenges are great, but it's an exciting time because sometimes we all need a little nudge to get us off center of the complacency of doing it the way we've always done it. And I feel like the next five years with the amount of work out there and some of the challenges that are presented to us 
are forcing us into looking at new ways to deliver projects in a more efficient and more effective way. And it will help us as an industry, I think, kind of move the needle in terms of getting better at how we do things in the future. So I, I think that's exciting. Change is scary for some, but when you're forced into it, you have to solve a problem. I think we always come out the other end way better than what we were on the other side. Yeah. And if we look back, there's proof to that. PJ, thank you so much for taking so much time with me this morning. And I know we will be asking to have you back very soon for another one. I appreciate the time, Haley. I am glad, though, that uh, Kevin Arnold did request that we discuss another topic referencing uh, our allegiances to baseball teams. So I do appreciate (laughs) us keeping that one maybe for another time. Yeah, well, that'll be a whole other podcast, maybe. (laughs) That sounds good. Thanks, Haley. Thank you for listening to Engineering Works. Listen and subscribe to the podcast on ACECIL.org or your favorite podcast platform.